Why, oh why, are people listening to this? We're podcasters. Um, I'm Jake. I'm Justin. Justin's over there on the other side of this table. And, uh, you know, once a week, we get together and talk about the popular sounds of the day. Um, Sometimes the past. Sometimes. Sometimes the past. We should do more past, even though they're our worst performing podcasts. True. But, you know, we don't care. We're not getting paid for this. No. If you want to pay us, you can send us an e-transfer at uh, <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. At I think we are technically paying for your, the privilege yeah, of, yeah. I pay my internet bill. <laughs> um, so, Justin. Sir. Uh, uh, new song this week. It, yeah. It, it's been around for a little bit of a minute, but. Uh, okay. But uh, it's uh, not Ed Sheeran's bad habits. It's Steve mm. Lacey's bad habit. He only has one bad habit, apparently. Okay, and it's apparently banging in a mall. Did you read the lyrics? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a part about banging in the back of a mall. Yeah, I like biting that. his lip. He bites his. There's a lip, lot of biting. That's yeah. There's a lot I of... did like the banging in. The, or they didn't say banging. They said the f word. The f word. You know that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm familiar with the, <laughs> that form of language. Yeah. I may have said that word on this podcast. Yep. Anyway, so um, uh, I had no idea what this song was or who this person even was Same. until I uh, selected it because of its positioning on various uh, platforms: mm-hmm. Billboard, YouTube, Spotify. Okay, um, so these sorts of things. So it's a popular song. Okay, and uh, why though? Well, but why? But but why is the question? So what, did, what did you think of it? You sound just now when we were about to start sounded kind of positive about it. Well, I think that there are some fun things about the song mm-hmm. um, i like to hear them i mean i don't hate it yeah, but i just am curious. yeah it's hard i think it's actually pretty hard to hate this song because it's kind of a jovial happy vibe thing even though it's a, like a breakup or a unrequited sort of love interest song yeah. like he's talking about somebody that he didn't know that they had a crush on him and he wished he knew but he never said anything yeah bite his lip blah 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 I wish I knew is said about 140,000 times in the song. Yeah, it's yeah. not a particularly complicated set of lyrics, but it's also no. not one of these like braggy hip hoppy songs where it's just what was that guy who was going on the plane? Yeah. Whatever. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's not complicated, but it's not terrible. And it's kind of fun in that sense, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I like that it's kind of like playful in that in that way because we don't get a lot of playful songs, I don't think, mm. anymore. It wasn't as self-serious as a lot of music. Right. Yeah. And a lot of my sort of like thoughts about what's wrong with this song kind of get canceled out with like sort of the jovialness of it. Like, okay. That it seems playful and fun and that he's not taking himself super seriously. And even though he seems to be pretty serious in the production world, I mean, he's worked with Kendrick Lamar and, and a number of other artists that we've had on songs on the podcast not that he produced but that he's worked with them yeah and that he's um uh a guitarist and a songwriter and all these sorts of things yeah 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 and and that's all well and good he's quite young from the wikipedia page but he's very accomplished but he, yeah he's done an awful lot and it's just sort of like he's part of that of this new sort of california centered centered pop world where like he's an, Af- an African-American, he's working in, like, so many different sort of avenues of 
black musical culture like, yeah. with R&B artists and with hip hop artists and he's doing his own thing and I don't even know what I would call this. I guess I would just call it pop music. Yeah, it doesn't um, you're right. It's not hip hop. It gets there there are elements of so many different things in it. There's elements of jazz in it, there's elements of hip hop in it, there's elements of pop music mm-hmm. in it. There's soul sort kinda? of like yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like he does some sort of soulful sort of singing, something. Yeah. But I think that like the for me, what bothers me is that it sounds like somebody, it sounds exactly like what I think it is. Somebody mm-hmm. was given a bunch of toys and put in the studio and shown how to kind of use them. Yes, yes. When I, and also like the how the song starts is stupid. Like it, it just, like the very first seconds of the song, I'm like, "Why is that how this song starts?" <laughs> it do, like that does that does nothing at all for me or probably anybody. Like they just probably didn't know how to do it. Like I've got the I've got a couple of verses written, and I wanted and and uh, I want to have a simple sort of production, right? And I can see somebody in a studio with a MIDI controller or a beat pad, and yeah, it, it, like the drum beat, for example, sounds like somebody who's a hobby drummer. Mm-hmm. Who just has enough confidence to put down a very simple, straight-ahead rock beat? Sure. Like, splash. Like, of course, there's none of that. You know, and, and, no, there's and no it, transitional hats. And and I think that probably most people would never even pick up on that. But it's, people with more discerning ears, mm. who should be the people who are producing this kind of stuff, should would be like, I think you need more work on the drum part like to make it groove because it doesn't groove no it's well this is the question i have listening to it i like it's fun enough for me to listen to it but like i'm trying to listen critically and so the critical side for me is always the production side and the arrangement right because i don't know enough about the other side of music so to me i'm like well here you go this is another one of these songs where it's all like you're saying Anyone can do it. It's very cut and paste. Like you can download a like Garage Band, and you're just like yeah. cut paste, cut paste. And when you're mixing it, you're like, "Ooh, I'll take this out of this section, and then yeah, I'll put I'll it back mute in." Mute it, and yeah, then unmute, mute, it. unmute, cut, paste, cut. And yeah. so it's all, you know, the loop is the same loop. There's, you know, yeah. and and of course the chord, 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 chord. And it's the same chord progression it. for like the first three quarters of the song, and then they switch into this other weird different progression for the last quarter. And it's so basic and not yeah. not that basic is bad because this song no, is perfectly is compelling yep. but it's so basic in a production method that i wonder if the cut and pasty basicness itself is an aesthetic so then the choices are is it someone who can't do it well or someone it's like it's like uh you know like modern art it's uh-huh. like if they wanted to they could do a photorealistic uh-huh. portrait of jake or they could just do jake and it's just a big cubism dot with a you know, with a big black <laughs> dot and then a red and glass right so that they're they know how to subtract to make something pleasing yeah. and i i when someone is a rich person and powerful or whatever like in the music industry i can i assume they could do something else but they've done this for aesthetic reasons or is am I wrong? I what is the no, answer? No, I can't. I can't answer that question. Oh, but but, but I see your point, right? Like it, uh, it's the first two thirds of this song, taking the piss, or are they actually trying to do something? I want to err on the side that they're trying to. I think that this part of the song came second. Okay, and and I'll make my argument later, and and and, and another point beside it, because. 
it feels like something that was just kind of strum, 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 strum on a guitar or keyboards or very variety of different instruments with two chords and then a very lame drum beat put on it and mm-hmm. then repetitive lyrics, yeah, right? Yeah. Where he's setting the narrative for the song and it's not lyrically potent and he sings in a way that to me, and this is very critical mm-hmm. and I'm not a singer, ladies and gentlemen, but I've dealt with a lot of people learning how to sing in my life and a lot of people who teach people how to sing in their life, okay? That's all I've got to... That's my point of view, right? Okay. He sounds like somebody that never learned how to sing properly mm-hmm. or is currently learning how to sing mm-hmm. in, in a way that is best for his voice because when I hear the quality and the inconsistencies in the tonality of his voice where he sounds weak mm-hmm. is where and where he sounds very strong. When he goes way up in that falsetto and, mm-hmm. and does those R&B-ish sort of riffs and licks, yeah. he sounds wonderful because that just is where his voice, I think, naturally sort of goes. Okay. And down in the middle part of his register, or the middle upper part, he's obviously a tenor, like uh, with all that, you can hear the auto-tune kicking in to pitch correct him and just the the, mm-hmm. the support of his air behind his behind his voice is to me sounds weak okay it just comparatively right? i know what you're saying but is it, that would then be a sign that it's not an expert at the top of their game but someone who's good i think that he's probably worked on other things yeah. which i'll come to that he's worked on other things in a studious manner like learning things about how music works and uh from a theoretical perhaps a background but like singing has always just been something that he's done yeah you know like he just picked up the guitar and started yeah singing stevie wonder songs and he has a talent to sing but never harnessed that and perfected that part of of the music uh, of his musical identity so he can sing i'm not saying that he can't sing sure, sure. i'm just saying that like he's he's just he's so close to being really great singer mm-hmm. like he just needs lessons coaching or something yeah right? okay yeah and, and and maybe he's doing that and that this is just and he didn't want to wait it seems to me like he's kind of like artistically impatient like he's i've got i've got like 40 different projects going and i'm working with kendrick and i'm working with you know i'm working with j cole and i'm working with all these other so people he's just putting all the thing up and he's just like i gotta do everything because this is my moment this, i'm gonna do yeah all the things. yeah like i'm hot now and this is this it's his first international billboard charting sure. song. So well, it worked in that I, sense. I think it's that's why I like it because he mm-hmm. didn't he like he just I'm gonna do it like like the Beatles first tune that charted didn't chart very high. Okay, but they went and did it anyways. What was that? Uh, I can't remember exactly the name of the song right off the top of my head. Was it "Love Me Do"? Maybe I'll look it up while you keep going. It was like it was in like the top twenty or so, and that but it like gave them the confidence and it gave their record label the confidence to uh to come and try again right so this is the confidence that he needs i want to hold your hand i guess well that was the first number one song in the united states oh okay yeah you'd have to look at the english charts I, i'll i'll it doesn't I'll, matter yeah i think it's let me do or please please me one of those please two. please me the se- yeah please please me i think yeah so <clears throat> What's interesting here, and and, th- and this will transition to my next point, and and this is a strong point that I want to make okay. to listeners. All right. To me, this song proves the superiority of real musicians playing real instruments versus all this digital shit. 
Okay. The second half of this song. Yep. He he's playing the guitar, the chords that come in after the uh, after the acapella part. Sure. Acapella for the listeners, acapella means no instruments, just voice, right? Yeah. And this chord progression comes in. It's a different one and, from the first. And it's a totally different chord progression, yeah. and it's a chord progression that's super indicative of jazz and soul music. It, okay. And, and it has certain weight in the chords that make it feel like it's turning itself over and over again, like an engine churning. Yeah. You know, musicians, we call this a turnaround mm-hmm. so that it creates an endless cycle for somebody to sing or improvise or groove over, right? Okay, okay. And it, and it has momentum to it. Right. Right? The drums and the chunk, 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 chunk from the first it's, two-thirds it's of the all song done. has no momentum to it. It's stagnant. It yes. just stays there. And the juxtaposition now with this chord progression, which is an actual progression of chords that you can hear in any song from the 60s and 70s and listen to any soul song, any jazz standard that's going to involve these chords. And I'm not going to get into what they are because I don't have perfect pitch and I can't remember them exactly as it goes right now. But they're things that I've played my whole life. Okay. And then he starts beatboxing, right? And that is supported by another drum groove. But the human element of the real person playing real chords and a real guitar Mm -hmm. has soul and substance to it. And when he's beatboxing, he's beatboxing with soul and substance and momentum. And the second, the last third of this song or so sounds so much better to me mm-hmm. like it's like well this is a whole other song it but is a whole other song cleverly enough mm-hmm. to me i can hear how it connects to the first half of the song lyrically as well as melodically so that it doesn't feel like so many other things that yeah. we've listened to over the last yeah. four months where it's just like these are two or three songs just smashed together in an editing booth like this was all thought out like whether he wrote the first half well, the second half first, it's 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 irrelevant. They work together, mm-hmm. yeah. And the song actually tells a story at that point, sure. Which is what is not happening a lot in popular music. That's the part where the mall comes in that I was so excited about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, mall mall sex, mall banging. Yeah, yeah, mall banging. You know, I was just having lunch. I was having lunch at a, at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and it was a and on the radio they played "Break My Soul." By mm-hmm. Beyonce, which we did a couple weeks ago. Yes, I like you. I do, which we did last week, which yep. was god awful. Mm-hmm. And the Jack Harlow song. Oh, and they played uh, this song. Okay, surprisingly enough, and I was just like, "Well, this is easily the best song." Yeah, out of out of if you get rid of the other one, there's no competition. Okay, and this song still has a lot that could be improved on it, but really, that just I think the things that need to be improved are things that just come with. With experience and mm. and 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 spending time mastering music, you know, which he, which at his age I don't know how old he is, but yeah. he sounds he sounds like he's in his early twenties. He is, 20s. yeah, he yeah. does sound like that way, yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that if there's so much that that is positive about that. I think a lot of now that I've cast our mind back to all the times we've talked about different things, I think that there's an important point you've just made which is when there's real instrumentation let alone real musicianship we uh, respond to it differently yeah and so a lot of the t- songs that we criticize even that new beyonce one where it's just like you know sample loop with nothing else going on and we're just like Gah, you know yeah, yeah whereas the first part of this song is that you know it's soulless. it feels very like yeah blah. And, and I, I, so this is my question always. I'm like, well, is that 
in a choice is that a choice that they for artistic reasons to make it specifically soulless because this guy has the ability to do like he did in the other part of this song so why didn't he do that in the first part i wonder if it's because uh there's a you know what i mean it's thought out it's not like he he you know he couldn't have played the guitar or fresh real drum beats and not just some loop or whatever and but did chose not to because that's the sound of the now you know yeah it could it could be but i don't even know if that would be intentional i think that it's it is the sound of the now and the influence of digital culture on music in terms of like, well, I can just record at home on a Mac Pro, yeah, and and a good microphone with a with an interface and a DAW, and I can make a whole song, and then realize that that song fits this whole thing that I had been thinking about earlier with these chords, and mm. maybe I want to beatbox a little bit, or maybe he just was beatboxing. Like we need a new, we need a new uh, drum. The drums need to change up on this one. What if it's something like, and then he beatboxes it, and they're like, "No, do that on the mic." Or, yeah, exactly. It could be anything along those lines. We don't know their creative process, but, but I think it's just it, it's an influential thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do people play the guitar anyways? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why do they do it? I don't well, know. Why well, do they do well, it? Well, I mean, it's because it's fun, first of all, and and it's it's. A, of, uh, uh, an instrument that is portable and let's it's you... social. It's a social instrument. Yeah, it's a very social instrument. But <clears throat> I think the history of popular music is always inundated with like shifts in technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not, you can't have popular music without technology in the first place. Mm-hmm. It it literally is How impossible. How would it get distributed? Yeah, right. Because up until like Thomas Edison. Yeah, <laughs> every piece, every piece of music that you heard, you heard live. Yeah, exactly. Like you had to be there until the, they started putting wax needles until on wax. St- you know, yeah, cylinders and and all that kind of stuff. So therefore, inherently, it's connected to it. Mm. So as 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 technology sort of pushes itself forward, music will always adapt and try to implement elements of the technology, right? Yep. Video, uh, sure, the internet, streaming, you know. And and in the process of making music, new instruments are created, yeah. um, uh, improvements in instruments, all these sorts of things. But then you think about it, like tradition on a whole is so important. You know, people can make amazing violins mm-hmm. today, but they still are like Stradivarius still made the best instruments. Yeah, Hundreds of years have gone by. But still, people want Stradivarius. They sound the best. Why do they sound the best? He had a tradition of how to do it. And I think there's also like a myth that goes along with that sure. a little bit. Sort of like a nice little urban, oh, shit, you got a Stradivarius or whatever. Sure. I think that the Canada Council of the Arts owns two Stradivariuses. And, cool. And I think that like, I think they own a viola and a, and a violin. And you can like write a grant to like. You record with them? To, to borrow it for six months or something like that. Wow. It's, I mean, like. That that's the governments are involved, you know, in those <laughs> yeah. instruments, right? Yeah. Or you can, or you can go down to Long McQuaid or 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 Guitar Center or or, or Sweetwater mm-hmm. and and get yourself all the digital tools that you need to make a whole record without a single actual physical instrument. Yeah. And and you can make a whole record. It's true. It's interesting. There's something about it. When it's real instruments, which I think elevates it, I think always, I think undoubtedly, always is at every in every like every chance. Literally, this song, if you had just if everything was arranged exactly the same, but they had been playing real instruments on it, you know what I mean? All, like uh, from was, the from the jump, from, from the jump. Oh, way you would, better. Even though nothing was different, 
it would feel different and better to your ears, I or, think, or, as a human being. Or even if they are using real drums, because this drum sound okay. Like I, I can't tell on the on the passes because I never put studio headphones on or anything to see if those drums were real drums or if it was a drum machine. Sure, I, I'm betting it's a drum machine. I'm sh- right? almost guaranteed. But, but if you put like somebody who was a drummer to do the drum machine part. It would then ha- it would have more of a human mm. element than it would be just be, take the twenty minutes, mic a four piece drum set because that's all you needed for that, and get Questlove in there to do your fucking mm-hmm. drums, and the song is going to be elevated ninety percent better. It's true, it's true, and because like I do a lot of music production, and it's all MIDI, burp, beep, burp, beep, and I'm not a drummer, and I'm right. not in anything, and I can do it all, and it always sounds fine. Yeah, but then I'll be like, "Oh, Jake, why don't you come in and do this properly, this bass part?" And yeah. like, it has all of those things that you cannot replicate. The you know, just the sound of the fingers sliding the, on a fret, let alone the, the timing and, the and subtle the timing feel. mistakes. A subtle that, time, like, which you if you correct them, ruin the song. Ruin it, yeah, yeah. And so, that's the yeah. So that's a good point. I think you have about yeah. modern music is you you lose all that. Yeah. The artificiality creates its own aesthetic, which yes. people like. Yep. dance music. Yes. You know, it's different from disco. You can pack which... a stadium with 100,000 people and just have a big rave. Yeah. And everybody love, and those people there love it it's because it's, it's, it fulfills that purpose. Exactly. Right? One of my favorite musical memories, which was uh, that I have, is I remember watching the Super Bowl with my brother. Okay. We were in Texas. I was living in Texas. And, and of course, he was there too. We went to we watched the Super Bowl. And Billy Joel was there to sing the national anthem okay so we grew up on billy joel like we grew up in the 80s essentially like the late 70s early 80s when he was you know sort of like the big top of his game you know sort of still a really big star and today he's only a big star to people like us and older and he came out and started singing the star spangled banner and they auto-tuned him really when he was trying to sing soulful version of it oh so like it strips everything out of, of it. it and but you could hear the the five second delay auto tune like you know if he's singing something with a bluesy sort of thing and then they pitch it back to the right pitch oh we were furious yeah that's I, weird it was like isn't like what is this is the way that things are going and they certainly did and they went that way full tilt yeah and uh uh they this is auto-tuned uh it's not so auto-tuned that it's like offensive no but it's you nowadays, if it's not auto tuned, it sounds a little odd because everything is <laughs> almost everything isn't that, it, right? Things that don't need to be auto tuned, yeah. like because I I see that too when I'm editing things. Like someone has held a note, and you can look right there on the pitch correction and thing. See it. It's yeah. perfect, yeah. right? There's nothing going on. Nonetheless, you smack the button, you tune it a little, you pull it mm-hmm. to make sure there's no variation whatsoever, and it sounds ever so slightly more robotic. robotic. But not in an offensive way, almost imperceptible, because that's kind of the way things are now, which is odd, but the way it is. And when we think, and I think back to the very first episode that we did, which was that Adele song. Mm. Oh, when there was no auto-tune. there's no auto-tune on it, and how great it sounded and felt to listen to the song. Hmm, But I wonder if that's just because we're old people. Because I was saying before, like, when you use real instruments, it's universally better. But maybe my daughter, who's 14, would would disagree with that. Although... I don't know. Because there's... um, She's not been hurt enough to like Adele. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't experienced enough sadness. Yeah, yeah. But I was... There's a podcast I listen to 
Um, and uh, Mission to Zix, it's called. It's, it's just a silly improvised sci-fi podcast. Uh-huh. But the, the, the guy had written the theme song and produced it all using like MIDI orchestra. Oh, yeah. And it sounded cool. But then they decided they had a bit of money. They went and they got a, a symphony in like, I don't know where the hell it was, Croatia sure. or something, to to play the score that he wrote out. And it's immediately a trillion times better. Uh-huh. Like yeah. you can, yeah. you can't not respond more emotionally to an orchestra playing a thing than a MIDI orchestra playing a thing. So, so here's a funny story. And this is where we'll leave it on this point. Okay. Right? So I went to a school in Denton, Texas. I went to graduate school there. And there uh, is a radio station uh, that that has a mostly like a, a, a mostly jazz format because of the strength of the jazz program. They, they played a lot of jazz there. But, <clears throat> but the DJs had no idea what was going on. Okay. Like they didn't know jazz music. They didn't know the name of the artists. They couldn't read their names right, especially if they had African-sounding names and... And when some of them had like crazy Texas drawl accents, you know, and they then they'd say stuff. And every now and then, for a while, uh, arranging students at the university would mail in MIDI files of their big band arrangements. Okay. So they would, so they just all right, we're gonna play such and such and so and so by blah 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 blah, and then they would just play a MIDI file of, like a trigger the middle <laughs> file on their computer, and it just play the computer sounds. <laughs> That's but terrible. but like MIDI captures of the instruments. Oh, okay. And it's awful. Oh, of course I mean, it is. It's <laughs> for demonstration purposes. And this people would have the, like people would be listening in their cars, right? The cats would be coming back from gigs, and they'd hear this. And they'd be like, "Oh my god, what is <laughs> what is happening?" They're playing finale charts over the radio. That's bizarre. And uh, anyways, the radio station now has changed their format. I guess there's some petitions, but uh, to stop it. But that's weird. You know, there's the extreme example of of like fake sounding <laughs> finale playback versus. It's almost yeah. a, a psychological experiment. Yeah, like, who so. will like this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we'll play the song for you. We'll play the song. Yeah. So listen to all the stuff that Jake was talking about. Listen to the first third or two thirds of it. I think uh, before the breakdown or the whatever that bridge, yeah, is, the acapella bridge. Thing. Yeah. And then the different section. With the real instruments and see if you see if you can hear a difference because yeah. I I know I think I know what you're talking I think about. You'll feel a difference for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, here we go with the song. The Let's name do I've it. forgotten the name of it, but just listen. bad habit. Bad habit. Yeah. Just one bad habit. Just one bad habit. Okay. Bye. Bye. It's a bad habit Kinda mad that I didn't take a step at it Thought you were too good for me, my dear Never gave me time of day, my dear It's okay, things happen for Reasons that I think are sure, yeah
wanna bite your tongue like my bad habit. Would you mind if I tried to make a pass at it? Now you're not too good for me, my dear. Funny you come back to me, my dear. It's okay, things happen for reasons that I can't ignore. Fuck around, get tongue-tied it. I turn it on, I make it rowdy Then carry on, but I'm not hiding You grabbing me hard Cause you know what you found Is biscuits, is gravy, Why Are People Listening to This is brought to you by the Black Box Collective and Outside the Lines Press. And it's produced by me, Jake Hanlon, and my friend, Justin Gregg. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you can do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. 